about. Uh, I saw the great title. I, I was I was going to ask. I do enjoy um, the recording title for this episode is "Old Eddie Fitz G." Yeah, which has I, a great ring to it. Well, because I didn't have, I don't know who this person is. I don't know why we're talking about him. Um, it was just the first thing that came to my head. Well, to start, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald is a boat. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome to Afternoonified, the mini. I'm Emily. I'm Sarah. We're talking about boats, it's specifically boat. one this boat. Is, this is the horse thing all over. <laughs> Yes, but to be fair, most boats have people names. <laughs> I mean, some of them. You think the biggest baby is someone's name? <laughs> the first thing I thought of was Dreams of Deborah. <laughs> well, no, this this one is about a boat. It's about a very big boat, and it's boat about a boot a boat a boot a boat a boat. It's about a boat, a big boat that sunk in a big lake. About a Boat was one of the better romantic comedies of the 90s. Um, it was weird when they turned it into a TV show, though. Yeah, those things just never capture the same spirit. <laughs> so we are going to talk about the Edmund Fitzgerald, and specifically the uh, sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, because I believe this episode is actually coming out on the anniversary, which is great timing, considering I've been wanting to do this episode since we started the podcast. I feel like you have a thing for Midwestern crimes and boat sinking. Like, that's your wheelhouse. In this, also, it's kind of like a Minnesota murder mystery, only it's a Minnesota tangentially related to Minnesota shipwreck. I was gonna, where the fuck did they put a ship in Minnesota? (laughs) We do have lakes. I don't Uh, know if you noticed. I don't know if I'd put a ship on a lake. Uh, Well, what about Lake Superior? I hear it's a great lake. It is a great lake. It's also very big. Uh, and ships sink there all the time. Weird. <laughs> As we're about to learn. So, um, sources real quick. I'm going to knock these out. It is Mental Floss, the National Weather Service, uh, and the Great Lake Shipwreck Museum, and also Wikipedia. But There's a whole museum? You guys fuck up boats so often they have a museum? I don't think you quite understand how big Lake Superior is. It is basically an inland sea. Interesting. I don't know if you've ever looked at a map. I mean, I've looked at a map. I, I haven't really paid close attention to the Great Lakes. Yeah, no, the Lake Superior is, I'm not going to say it's basically the ocean, but it can get pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, you can't see the other side of it. It just feels like showing a friend a Honda Civic and being like, it's pretty much a Ferrari. Look, if you're from a landlocked state like me, it basically is the ocean. Very easily impressed. Yes. So, okay, so we're going to talk enough about the lake. We're going to talk about the boat. And I know it's a ship. We're going to call it a boat because that is just a thing that I do. So at the time it was built, the SS Edmund Fitzgerald was the largest cargo vessel to sail the Great Lakes, spanning 729 feet. That's pretty big. And actually, yeah, let me look. I should have looked this up for comparison. It was about the size of the Titanic. Oh, wow. Shy of like 100 feet. So it's a big boat. When I say it was a big boat, I'm not lying. I just like kind of grasp the concept of how big a football field is so it's about two football fields okay yeah i'm not good at like like comprehending the size of things <laughs> when loaded with cargo which was iron ore mostly exclusively honestly uh it could weigh over forty thousand tons it was a big boat it was a heavy boat and it was built by the northwestern mutual insurance company <laughs> which uh was heavily invested in the iron ore industry. Uh, It was also named for its chairman because this is what you do as a businessman in 1958. 
You build a really big boat and you name it after yourself. I mean, I'm surprised that that rocket wasn't called the SS Bezos. So (laughs) as are we all. Uh, So her usual route began in Duluth, Minnesota, which is the Minnesota connection. There's always a local angle uh, where she would pick up a load of taconite, which is like low grade iron ore. We mine a lot of that in northern Minnesota. Uh, and transported to steel mills near steel mills near Detroit and Toledo. So she'd sail across Superior, head on down to Detroit, go through the lakes. It was great. <laughs> in her time, she was a very famous and well-known boat. If you're into that sort of thing, uh, she set six different seasonal haul records and was very popular with ship watchers because it was the '60s. It, that's a hobby. And what else are you? The internet hadn't been invented yet. Like, just go watch some boats, I guess. I mean, there's that whole song about it, Beyond the the Sea. Pretty sure there's some bits about watching the ships. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) So Captain Peter Pulser, he was the guy who was in command of the Fitzgerald when it set all these records. Uh, He was known as the DJ Captain, and he was known for piping music over the ship's intercom system while they were passing through the St. Clair and Detroit rivers. I thought DJ was going to stand for something else, but... No, literally literally a DJ. Okay. Is he available for weddings? I, I, he might be dead. I'm sorry. He's probably cheap then. Are you going to dig up his skeleton to DJ your wedding? No, I was thinking about doing like a holograph like they did with Tupac. Um, do keep in mind that he was a ship captain in the 1960s and may have some interesting taste in music. No, that should work out pretty well. <laughs> That'll be on brand for your, yeah. Uh, so when navigating through the Sioux locks, which connect Lake Superior and Lake Huron, he would often come out of the pilot house and use a bullhorn to entertain like the crowds of tourists, but like he'd give them a running commentary of everything that was happening. <laughs> uh, by freighter standards, the Fitzgerald was positively luxurious. Her interior was decked out with deep pile carpeting and tiled bathrooms that had leather swivel chairs and they even had little drapes over the portholes. It was very fancy so cute working ship <laughs> uh she earned her fair share of nicknames over her 17 year career including the big fits the queen of the great lake the pride of the american flag uh and most unfortunately the titanic of the great lakes i wonder what's gonna happen <laughs> i honestly can't tell you if this was the nickname given to the ship before or after she sank i feel like it would be bad luck to name a ship that before <laughs> the titanic too this one's in a lake <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic 2. This one will be fine. <laughs> no icebergs out here. So the Edmund Fitzgerald's final voyage began on November 9th, 1975 in Superior, Wisconsin, which, bad omen to begin with. <laughs> Is there 26- something wrong with, I was going to ask if there was something wrong with Wisconsin and then I remembered who I was talking yes. to. Yes, yes. Truly, truly the worst state. Um, I would say worse than Florida. <laughs> Uh, She was loaded with 26,000 tons of taconite pellets and 29 crew members, most of which hailed from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Michigan. So kind of all around. Uh, It was captained, of course, by Ernest M. McSorley, who was due to retire at the end of the trip. Oh, man. (laughs) She was soon joined on her route by the Arthur M. Anderson, uh, which is another cargo vessel that traveled more or less in tandem with the Fitz at like a distance of like 10. It was probably lagging like 10 to 15 miles behind the other ship at any given time, but they kind of traveled the same route. Uh, so by the early hours of November 10th, weather conditions began to deteriorate. Uh, gale warnings had been upgraded to storm warnings uh, with blizzard conditions to match. Uh, and winds began to gust at nearly 100 miles per hour. And the waves began to swell as high as 35 feet. I mean, you have gale warnings, but they're not nearly as bad as Linda warnings. 
Look, man, I'm trying. <laughs> no, it's a good joke. Hence the silence. <laughs> Uh, so it's together like the Fitzgerald up again. <laughs> Fitzgerald and the Anderson uh, they started heading towards the relative safely of Whitefish Bay which is kind of tucked between Michigan and Ontario so the two ships remained in close radio contact for the duration of the journey at 3.30pm the Fitzgerald radioed the Anderson to say they were sailing with a bad list and taking heavy seas over the deck uh, but there were never any actual distress calls so most of the radio communication between the ships was navigational they were trying to you know work out how best to get to the bay. Uh, and the last message that the Anderson received was from Captain McSorley himself at 7.10, the end, uh, the evening of November 10th. And all he said was, we are holding our own. He actually said some other stuff, but that was kind of like the only status Stuff update. you can't repeat on the podcast? Yeah. Or <laughs> no, it was just like, there's a very long transcript of like, and they're just talking about boat things. Oh, okay. But like the only thing of interest. <laughs> To our story. Uh, so around 7.15, so not even five minutes later, the Fitzgerald disappeared from the Anderson's radar. Um, it had been kind of blipping in and out for a lot of the day just because the blizzard was so bad. Uh, but this time it blipped out and it didn't blip back in. Oh, which no. Which was bad. <laughs> yeah, generally. At 7.22, like, it's been 12 minutes. Uh, the captain of the Anderson radioed the Fitzgerald again, but no one answered. Uh, as the weather finally cleared and the captain realized he couldn't see the Fitzgerald's lights where they should have been, he began calling out to other ships in the area to see if they had seen or heard from the Fitzgerald. Uh, when no one had, he called the Coast Guard. So the crew of the Anderson um, took part in the search and they later discovered the Fitzgerald's two lifeboats, some other debris, but there are no signs of survivors. Uh, the sinking would finally be confirmed in the next few weeks as sonar scans of the lake confirmed two large pieces of wreckage in an area just 17 miles northwest of Whitefish Point. So they were almost there. <laughs> oh, it's sad. There remains no real definitive explanation for exactly why or how the ship sank because it went down so incredibly fast. Um, that's At least that is what they guessed, considering they never actually radioed for help. Uh, the lifeboats were also found badly damaged, so it's likely whatever did happen was very sudden. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine what... Uh, I don't know. Good thing I have sort of an answer for you. Uh, the Coast Guard, at least, what their best guess was, was that um, Fitzgerald been having some troubles with like loose hatch covers on their deck. Um, so they think that that may have allowed water to flood the cargo area, which the ship already sat like really low in the water, kind of just by design. And it also was loaded with a lot of very heavy iron ore. So that oh, kind yeah. of pulled down. And then as it starts to take on water, it kind of sinks lower and lower. Um, and earlier in the evening, or about the same time, actually, um, that they lost contact, the Arthur M. Anderson reported being struck by two very large waves. Um, mm. The Fitzgerald, it's like so it's likely that one of these waves overwhelmed the Fitzgerald. It just didn't have the buoyancy to come back out the other end of it. So it, like, plunged straight down towards the bottom of the lake. Um, and when it hit, when the nose of the ship hit the um, bottom of the lake, it would have been so, with so much force, that it would have, like, snapped the wreckage in two, essentially. A Titanic, if you so, will. Yeah, the, kind of a Titanic, but, like, very fast. Like, the Titanic took about, like, two and a half hours. You know, this would have happened in a matter of, I don't know, a couple Seconds? of minutes. Oh, minutes, yeah. okay. Not fast enough to react to or escape or evacuate or any of that. Okay. So horrifying yeah <laughs> this is this is what gets me about this story i used to hear um i i was the child who watched the discovery channel too much and they would have documentaries about the edmund fitzgerald <laughs> and i was fascinated because one it was minnesota and like i had been to duluth i had seen chips like this 
Um, and just the fact that something could sink, just like the Titanic did, which, of course, I also had my Titanic phase. Well, of course. Like, a Titanic-like sinking on Lake Superior, which was just, like, two and a half hours north, like, kind of blew my mind as a little kid <laughs> that you could sink a really big ship in this lake. Yeah. So, I mean, how deep is that lake? Uh, let's find out. I don't know exactly how deep it would have been, like, at exactly that point, but we can get, like, the average. Um... Its mean depth is 483 feet. That's Um, at its coldest and deepest, it's 1,332 feet. Okay. So it can get pretty deep. I mean, again, yeah. It's It's not not like crazy deep, but it's not shallow either. Okay. And like you look at these big cargo vessels, like you can ship big things through these lakes. They're not, lake is a, Lake is a very conservative term, I would say, for them, but especially superior. But there's got to be a middle ground between lake and ocean, like for a I body think of water. Sea. Like really? a sea. Yeah. Is that the difference? I think so. Sea I don't know if there's big. like technical like thresholds for what is I mean, what, but like the Black Sea, that's not the ocean, but it's the like Caspian a big sea. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> we're, we're literally just guessing here. We have no idea what a lake is. Um, oh, here we go. In terms of geography, seas are smaller than oceans and are usually located where the land and the and ocean meet. Typically, seas mm-hmm. are partially enclosed by land. Seas are found on the margins of the ocean are partially enclosed by land. Thank you, Ocean okay. Service. That actually does make more sense. So they're kind of ocean adjacent, where this is like obviously a lake that's fully... Like, obviously, there's a route between Lake Superior and, like, the Atlantic Ocean with some help from, like, canals. But it's not direct enough to be a sea. Yeah. Yeah. There's obviously, it's a, the Great Lakes is a chain of five lakes. So it's Superior and Huron and Ontario and all the way out to the Hudson, to the Atlantic. So technically, yeah, my, then, not a sea. But my definitely sea size. My knowledge of um, various forms of water uh, just in the world is not great. It's not something I've studied. Uh, you never learned the trick as to um, how you remember the names of all five Great Lakes? No, because I don't live in a place where that's important. So you just got to remember homes. Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. It spells the word. It does spell the word. <laughs> Back to the depressing bit. People guess that there probably were some other structural, structural, structural issues. It's Friday night and I can't talk. Um, that contributed to the wreck or... It, it's also possible it could have been damaged earlier in the evening because it was trying to navigate like a really kind of treacherous shoal off of Caribou Island, which <laughs> might have, yeah, Caribou Island. That's a fictional place. It's in Canadian waters. I'll leave it there. All right. Uh, the singing would later be immortalized by folk singer Gordon Lightfoot in his ballad, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which if you've never heard it and you're into 70s dad, dad, dad rock is a great song. You know I'm into 70s dad rock. I'm going to send this to you. Just listen to a little bit of it because it's very long. But it's a honestly, it's pretty haunting. I'm going to say that. Don't think I've ever heard 70s dad rock and haunting in the same sentence. Okay, I threw it into the chat. All right. I feel like I should be mowing the lawn. <laughs> Why am I wearing New Balances, Sarah? This is pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 a bop. I'd listen to it the full thing when you get some time. Uh, the real haunting line from that song is like the lake. It is said never gives up her dead, uh, which is true in the case of the Edmund Fitzgerald and also probably many other shipwrecks. But none of the twenty nine crew members, none of them were ever recovered. Really, no one's gone down there to. 
Hmm. People have gone down there, but not to retrieve bodies. Um, so in 95, divers retrieved the ship's bell. Um, they replaced it with a replica, which was engraved with the names of all 29 sailors who lost their lives. Uh, and the bell from the Fitzgerald uh, is now on display at the Great Lakes Ship Me- Shipwreck Museum in Michigan. Uh, the day after the wreck, Mariner's Church in Detroit rang its bell 29 times to commemorate the lives lost. Uh, they continued to do so every year in memorial until 20, 2006. Uh, and then they added a 30th ring to honor all those who lost their lives in the Great Lakes. I mean, that's kind of taken the thunder away from the 29 people who died specifically. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, they each get one ring to themselves and then everybody else gets the last one. I guess. So... <laughs> as far as ratios go, but no, that's the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Well, that was very interesting. Who was a boat and not a human? <sighs> you Dan patched me, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've turned this into a verb. What, when you think something is someone's name, but it turns out it's an inanimate object or an animal? Yes, correct. <laughs> that is the definition. Pulling a patch. Um. <laughs> well... Well, everyone, go listen to The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. He's yeah, touring Paul. right now, actually. Or he will be, I think. Good God. I didn't know he was still alive. Yeah, he's got to be pretty old. I don't know. He can't be that much older than my dad, but also I can picture my dad touring. Uh, he's 82. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's up there. Well, I mean, like a month or two ago, I went to see Herbie Hancock, and he's 81, so... Damn. Yeah. And you could not tell. <laughs> that man plays a guitar like a beast. Anyways, um, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to sobelowmedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.